there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Last Sunday I spoke about the starting point. If you are not there, most of you are not there, make sure that you watch the sermon I preached on Sunday. Uh, I was talking about the starting point of building or establishing a kingdom legacy, and that is to love God. We must love God. That is the starting point. Because a lot of people are in church, but they don't really love God. We must love God. Tell your neighbor, we must love God. And today, I want to just continue from there. I want to speak about building. I want to speak about building. When you talk about establishing a kingdom legacy, you can do it without the mentality to build. Without the mentality of a builder. You know, several years ago, another friend of mine, uh, we met so many years ago, uh, he visited this country. He's from a country that begins with uh, letter U. And he came, and when he was in this country, he was a bit concerned with what was happening in this country. That was the time when buildings were being demolished, left, right, and center. Houses were being brought down, you know, beautiful houses, mansions that people had built, invested millions in, were being brought down. And this gentleman was a bit concerned, and he asked me, what is going on in this country? Why are you guys demolishing buildings? every place. And then I told him it's because they say those buildings are built on road reserves or those buildings um, are built in public land or those buildings are built in places where uh, they are not supposed to be there or riverbeds or something. And he, he was a bit concerned because he said, but it, it is the same government that gave these guys the permits to build those houses. It's the same government that offered them, you know, the title to build. How comes it's the same government that comes again years later to be able to bring down buildings that they had given licenses and permits to be built? So he was a bit concerned. And he was saying, he told me something. He told me, if your country continues like this, your country can never be a first world. And I didn't understand then because it was many years ago what he said. Because at that time, you know, I was also you know, joining the mob. <laughs> I was also saying, yes, bring them down. But you see, after you grow a little bit, you realize that to build a house and you're an African is not an easy feat. To build a house, to build a mansion, mansion as an African is not a very easy thing to do. It, it really requires another level of prosperity for you to be able to do that. That's why many of us have never built it's true. Tell your neighbor and say, and tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, pastor is saying the truth. Most of us, 90%, we live in a house that somebody else has built. We have not built. Because it takes another level of prosperity for you to buy land and for you to build a house. And if you don't reach that level of prosperity, it becomes something that, you know, you will just be seeing other people doing and you will not be able to do it yourself. And so I was there joining the mob, and I was excited about it. I said, yeah, bring them down. These are the people who are making our lives difficult, stealing from us, whatever, whatever. But after I grew, I realized it was not supposed to be like that because if, if, if you license me to build, you can't again come and destroy what I've built. You'd rather tell me not to build 
You'd rather deny me the license. You'd rather deny me the permit and tell me you can't build here because this is public land or this is a road reserve. So he told me, if you continue with this trend as a country, you will never be a first world. Let, years later, I visited that country and I realized what he told me was true because that country, they are building every day. They are building roads every day. They are building houses every day. They are erecting skyscrapers every day. Every day, they are always building. No wonder that country is a first world. Ladies and gentlemen, building is very important. And building is not just something we should do here thinking that it is a human thing. Building is a kingdom kind of mentality. Building has to do with God because God is a builder. Look at them and tell them God is a builder. They didn't hear you. Tell them again, God is a builder. Tell them one more time, God is a builder. To build is to possess a kingdom mentality. To erect something or to establish something speaks of an enduring legacy. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 4, the Bible says, For every house is built by someone. But he who built all things is God. So as much as we are building here, you need to understand that God is the one who builds everything. He created the earth out of nothing. He spoke light into place. He spoke the grass into place. He spoke the topography of, of the land into place. He divided the land from the waters. God spoke vegetation into place. He spoke the trees into place. He spoke animals into place. God is a builder. So to build is to possess a kingdom mentality. And every house is built by someone. You'll not just see, you wake up in the morning and a house is in place. That house has been built by someone. There's somebody who engaged an architect and the architect did some drawings and then the drawings were submitted. Uh, a structural engineer was involved and all these people came together. The foreman, the fundies, and they put stone upon stone until the house was built. Every house is built by some man. It is not magic. It has to be built. I say it has to be built. Someone must build something. Someone must put a stone on top of the other and build it. Someone must mix cement and ballast and sand, you know, with the right ratio for him to be able to build. In fact, I prophesy this year, you will build, a, you build something. In fact, I prophesy this year, some of you will build your house in the name of Jesus. Look at them and tell them, that's my prophecy, I receive it. By December, some of you will be living in your house in the name of Jesus. Shout a louder, amen. Even if it's a two-bedroom, is your house. Huh? Even if it's a one-bedroom, is your? Even if it's a three-bedroom, is your? Even if it's a single room, it's your? It's your house. You will build it in Jesus' name. Receive the anointing to build. Receive the grace to build. Receive a level of prosperity that will empower you to build. Shout aloud, amen. So you must build it. For you to have a kingdom legacy, you must build something. You must erect something. You must establish something that will outlast you. First Corinthians chapter 3 
And verse 9, the Bible says, for we are laborers together with God. We are working with God. You and I, we are working with God. God has chosen to work with us. He is not working alone. He is building his kingdom, but he has decided to involve us in the building of his kingdom. So we are his co-workers. We are his co-laborers. We are working with God to build his house, to build his church. And verse 9b of the same uh, scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, for you are God's husbandry. You are God's building. So as we are building with God to establish his kingdom here so that we may have a kingdom legacy here, I want you to know that you are also his building. He is building you as you are working with him to build a kingdom or to establish a kingdom legacy here or that. He's also building you. He's also establishing you. He's also fortifying you. He's also strengthening you because he wants you to survive tests, temptations, and trials here on earth. He wants to establish something in you that will go with you into eternity. So we are working with God. This year, 2023, we want to work with God. No wonder we are beginning the year with fasting. We want God to be with us. We want God to walk with us. We want God to work with us every step of the way. We want God to provide for us. We want God to fight for us. We want God to help us overcome San, uh, Tobias and Sanballat because they will not be happy when we start building. We want God to be on our side. Bible says we are laborers together with God. As we work with God, we shall build our kingdom legacy. In fact, this year I pray that as we work with God, as you work with God, as you flow with God, as you invite God into your life, that together we shall build a kingdom legacy. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, shares, us, shares with us a story of two builders that I want us to look at. Two builders. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 talks about two builders. This is what the Bible says. Are you there with me, somebody? Are you in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24? The Bible says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Next verse. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. The house was subjected to very extreme weather, but that house did not fall. Why? Because it was founded. Give me the scripture. It was founded on the rock. Then look at the next verse. But anyone or everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Then what happened? And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. The fool, because of the way he built, when his house was exposed to extreme weather, it was destroyed. And the Bible says, great was its fall. So we want to look at these two builders, and I want us to look at the four aspects of their lives. 
which are very important as far as building a kingdom legacy is concerned. Number one is the commonality. The commonality. Both of them shared the same vision. Both of them had a longing, had a dream that was the same. They wanted to build a house. You know, one time I was having a conversation with another gentleman, and he told me something that was very interesting. His father and mother is alive, or are alive. His mother and father are alive. And, and, and he was telling me, one of the things I want to do is to build a house for my mother. Remember, his father is alive. I realize as men, we are on our own. He said, one of the things I want to do, the father is alive, living with the mother. But he said, one of the things I want to do is to build a house for my mother. I asked him, how about your father? He said, it will be for my mother. <laughs> so these two people had a dream. And their dream was to build a house. The way many of us have a dream to build a house. Many of us have a dream to live in our own house. Isn't it true? Secondly, we see something here under commonality. That they lived in the same neighborhood. How do you know they lived in the same neighborhood? They lived in the same neighborhood because they were both affected by the same storm. The Bible says the rain descended, the flood came, and the winds blew and beat upon their houses. They were exposed to the same extreme weather. The description of the storm is precisely the same in both cases, which means they were in reasonable proximity to one another. They were exposed to the same conditions. So we see the commonality of their dream. Both of them wanted to build a house. And I'm sure most of us here, we want to build a house. Secondly, is the content. Is the content that we see in this story. Both were exposed to the teachings of the same teacher. They both listened to divine truth that prepared them for building. Scripture says both had these words of mine. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever hears these words of mine. So that means they were exposed to the same information as far as building is concerned. They received the same information, but the results were different. You see, both, both of us, we can, or the two of us, we can be some, or the three of us, or four of us, or ten of us, we can sit under the same teacher, but experience different results. We can sit under the same teachings, we can sit under the same professor, we can sit under the same teacher, but at the end of the lesson, when it comes to implementing what we have done, or what we have received rather, you will see that there are people who got it, and there are people who never got it. Isn't it true? Most of us went to school, but our grades are saying something different. True or not true? Most of us sat in the same class with that student who got 
A in mathematics. But yours was not even graded. They put a dash. Same class. Same teacher. Same lesson. Same period of time. But when the examination came, the results were different. So these guys were exposed to the same teacher. They were exposed to the same professor. But the results were different. We can listen to the same preaching and yet experience different results. We can listen to the same message, but at the end of the year, we experience different results. Because the Bible says the seed is the same, but the problem is the soil. The heart sometimes is not right. We have stony heart, thorny hearts, you know, wayside hearts. You remember that parable that Jesus was giving of a soil who went to sow seeds? And the seed fell on different grounds. So the seed is the same. The quality of the seed is the same. The potency of the seed is the same. But it's the heart that is different many times. You can be in this church seated under all these powerful anointed teachings. But you realize that you are stagnant. You are not moving. You are not growing. It's because there is something wrong about your soil. Something wrong about your, your heart. I pray that this year you will have a good heart. That the content that is coming out of this pulpit will benefit your life. It will produce fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, and even 100-fold in the name of Jesus. 2023, you will be fruitful. The seed of God that is coming to you will make you fruitful in Jesus' name. The content of the scriptures will turn your life around because you have a good ground. Your heart is a good ground to receive the word of God. Can I hear an amen? amen? So tell your neighbor, this year, soak into the messages. Tell them, listen to the podcast. Yeah, be this good soil. Receive the word. Receive the word. Let the word change you. Let the word transform you so that you can have fantastic results at the end of the year. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 15. I show you something here very powerful. Jeremiah Chapter 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah, the Bible says, your words were found and I ate them. This year, may you eat God's word. Hey, that amen is very weak. I say, this year, may you eat God's word. Your words were found. I ate them. And your words was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. When the word came, it brought joy. When the word came, it brought rejoicing. He was excited to receive the word. I pray that your appetite for the word of God this year will go to the next level. In Jesus' name. You will love the word of God. You will meditate on the word of God. You will listen to sermons. You will receive the word of God. You will believe the word of God. And it is that word that will bring fruit, will bring results in your life. They were both exposed to the same teacher, same teachings, but the results were different. I prophesy this year you will not remain the same. You have listened to me preach to you over and over again. But these year things will change in your life in Jesus' name. You will not be a fool in Jesus' name. In fact, somebody lift your hand and shout, I refuse to be a fool. You will not be a fool this year in the name of Jesus. 
the word of God will deliver outstanding results in your life. Through the word of God, your life will change. Your family will change. Your finances will change. Your business will change. Even your health will change. Can I get a louder amen in this house? You will experience kingdom results because of God's word. Amen. Number three, we see the contrast. The contrast. These two builders possessed two different characters. This made them different from one another. Jesus calls the first man a wise man. And then he calls the second man a moron, a fool. He calls the first man a wise man. He calls the second man a fool, a moron. A fool wanted to build a house. But also a wise man wanted to build a house. Now, which step do you prefer? Building as a fool? <laughs> or building as a wise man? Because even a fool wants to build. Ask your neighbor, are you a fool? Are you wise? Ask them, are you wise? A fool wants to build. A wise man also wants to build. A fool wants to marry. A wise man wants to marry. A fool wants to start a business. A wise man also wants to start a business. A wise man wants to invest, but also a fool wants to invest. Which state do you prefer? Huh? Do you want to be a wise investor? Or a foolish investor? A wise investor. But look, if you're not careful, you'll be a foolish investor. And you have seen a lot of foolish investors in our country running for pyramid schemes. Give us 10,000. After two weeks, it will be 50,000. Tell your neighbor, you've done it. I know you. <laughs> a wise man wants to build. But also a fool wants to build. You understand what I'm saying? A wise man wants to start a church, but also a fool wants to start a church. A wise man wants to settle down with a wonderful lady or wonderful gentleman, but also a fool wants to settle down. So choose which state you want to be in. Because both of them want the same thing. Tell your neighbor, I refuse to be a fool in 2023. I'll be a wise man. I'll be a wise woman in 2023. Now, when they started building, something happened. A storm came. The rain descended. And when this storm came, it revealed what each of them was made of. You see, when they were building, it was not very easy to tell this one is a fool and this one is a wise man. But when the storm came, it revealed what they were made of. Challenges will always reveal who you are. 
tough times will always reveal who you were. Difficult moments will always reveal who you are. The true authenticity of friendship will be tested with difficult times. Leave alone these things. People meet you today and they say, from today you are my friend. Hmm? From today you are my BFF. You are my friend. You have not tested the friendship for you to say that this is truly my friend. That friendship has to be tested. The rain has to come. The wind has to blow. The foundation has to be shaken. If it withstands the test, then it is a true friendship. That's why a lot of friendships don't last. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why a lot of members are not even committed to churches. Because they only go to churches when the weather is fantastic. When there is no rain. When there is no storm. When things are nice. You will see they are there. Oh, Papa. <laughs> they will be there. But when the wind comes. When the storm comes. When there is a challenge. You will never see them. They will go to another ministry that is experiencing sunshine. And they will even say, we are going where the cloud of glory has moved to. But I need to tell somebody here, every house must encounter a storm. Every church has to go through a season where the wind will blow where the rain will descend, where the foundations of that church will be shaken. If it stands, it's a true church. Hmm. That's why you see when COVID came, there are churches which closed. They have never opened until today. Closed completely. Closed. So these guys were building. One was wise. Another one was a fool. I pray that I'll be a wise pastor. Because also we have foolish pastors. Look, I'm telling you the truth, but it's like you know you don't want to handle the truth this morning. Can you, can you handle the truth this morning? Oh yeah, we have foolish pastors. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We have foolish pastors who pray for women and touch their private parts. Oh, yeah. Yes. Remove their clothes and pray for them while touching their private parts. Yeah. We have foolish sisters in the church who allow men of God to touch their private parts. Will you handle the truth this morning? There are two people in this world. You are either wise or you are fool. You are either wise or a fool. Yeah. Christians who, who are so gullible, 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 after years of teachings, one teaching, 
turns their lives upside down. Simple minds. No discernment. Foolish. Speaking in tongues, but foolish. Huh? Ask your neighbor, who, who are you? Are you, are you? are you wise? Oh, you're a fool. There is no middle ground. There's no, you are either wise or you're foolish. Tell your neighbor, there is no middle ground. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. That's why you see people enter into marriage and they're fools. And they take the word of God, put it aside, and they decide to run their marriage like an, an African. <laughs> they want to build the marriage that was instituted by God with African mentality. You'll be fighting every day because the foundation is not even there. You're like this fool who has a house. And I'll talk about it in the next point. Who has a house, but the way he built it, you can just see foolishness. One was wise. Another one was a fool. The one who was wise, oh, let me not go ahead of myself. Tell your neighbor, you're a fool. Or you're wise. The one who was wise thought about stability. He thought about longevity. And he thought about durability. Which brings me to number four, the construction. He thought about stability. He thought about longevity, and he, talk, he thought about durability. I'm building this house because I have legacy in mind. Oh, I wish I had a witness. I'm not building something that will be short-lived. I'm building this house because I have legacy in mind. I am thinking about the generation to come. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the approach to the construction of their houses was different. Whereas the wise man built his house upon the rock, the foolish one built his on the sand. He's not thinking about legacy. He's not thinking about the future. He's not thinking about durability. He's not thinking about longevity. He's not th thinking about stability. He was not thinking about legacy. He was just, he was just thinking about now. I want to do it quickly and finish and enter into the house without knowing that the storm was coming and the rain was coming. This man, who is called the wise, he built something that he wanted to outlive him. He built something that he wanted to have relevance in the next generation. He built something that he wanted to leave behind for his lineage to enjoy. 
He was thinking about legacy. People who are wise, they don't just think about now. They think about legacy. A fool thinks about now. What they can do now, enjoy now, and when they are dead, it is over. But wise people look beyond now and establish something that will become their legacy in the next generation. So the construction revealed that one was thinking about a legacy that he wanted to leave behind while the other one had a very short-lived vision. Do you want to leave something for your children? Do you want to leave something for the next generation? You see, most of us here, let me tell you, if your father left you a house in, a, in the city, I'm telling you, you'll be very far today. If your parents left you something in the city, just, just, just imagine if you can eliminate, eliminate the demon called rent. Huh? Tell your neighbor, just imagine if you can just eliminate that demon called rent. Look at how you can use that money. Okay, let's do a calculation. How much you've given your landlord so far? <laughs> Some of you, when you give your landlord a notice, he cancels it. He says, you're not going anywhere. What do you want? <laughs> Can you do a calculation? How much have you given? It's crazy. Where we were before we moved here as a church, by the time we were leaving that place, we had given that landlord 35 million shillings. Ladies and gentlemen, if I put 35 million in your hands right now, Or should I say, if I put 35 million in the hands of a fool right now, what's going to happen? And if I put 35 million in the hands of a wise man, what's going to happen right now? So the wise man was thinking about the future. He was thinking about the future. He was thinking about a legacy that he needed to establish. Please, I'm going somewhere. Follow me. He was thinking about the legacy that he needed to establish for the next generation. Look, ladies and gentlemen, let's change the trajectory of our families. Let me digress a little bit. Your father left you nothing because his father left him nothing. So where he started from is where you have started from. And it is where your grandfather started from. It's not supposed to be like that. One time I went to a company somewhere here in this country company that begins with T. And as I was walking, I spoke to one of the guys there. I think he's the third or fourth or fifth generation. And he was showing me the pictures of the first person that started the company in the 40s. Migrated from another country, came to this country, built the country, built the company. And then he handed over the company to the next generation. 
Then he handed over the company to the next guy. So they have all these pictures of these guys. And he was even telling me, right now, we are not the ones running the company. It's our grandchildren are the ones who are running the company. And this is the thing. His skin was not dark. Look at your skin. So I'm not talking to people who look like you. I said, there's something we need to learn. He didn't think about himself. He thought about the next generation. If, if you are to die today, what will happen to your family? What's going to happen to your children if you are to die today? What's going to happen to your baby? The one with chubby cheeks. If you are to die now, And that's why I want to talk about legacy so that it can get you, it can grab you, it can be part of you so that you stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the future. Praise the Lord. Look, we cannot die before we build a Sunday school for these children. We, 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 sh we should not die. We should not hand over this church in a tent to our children. Tell your neighbor, it, it should not happen in Jesus' name. Oh. We should hand over a church that is built. Children's church built. Youth center built. Because we are not thinking about ourselves. We are thinking about the next generation. This wise man built. Because he was thinking about durability. He was thinking about longevity. And he was thinking about stability. He was thinking about the future. But this other fool was building for now. And I will show you how they build. So we have to think. Tell your neighbor we have to think about the future. Tell them again we have to think about the future. Luke chapter 6. Let's look at how the wise man built. And then we shall pray. Luke chapter 6. Verse 46 to 48. Are you feeling provoked? Are you feeling challenged? Luke chapter 6 verse 46. Where is it? Went with the power. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 46. The Bible says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom 
he is like. He's like a man. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on, it was founded on, on the rock. But he who had and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation. This is a fool. Against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So how did the wise man build? And that is how we are supposed to build, because we are thinking about kingdom legacy. Number one, he dug deep. He dug deep. His foundation was deep. He went down. The building of the house does not begin by you going up. It begins by you going down. I need to say that again. The building of a house does not begin by you going up. It begins by you going down. You have to dig deep. You have to dig into the ground. The deeper, the digging, the massive, the structure. The deeper, the excavation, the massive, the structure is going to be. When you go to a site and you see they have the earth movers, they have all these cranes, they have all these heavy equipment and they're digging into the ground. It tells you something, that something big is coming up in that particular place. Am I saying the truth? But if you go somewhere and you see one guy with a jembe digging, then you know it is not a very huge thing that is going to come up, isn't it? Write this, a kingdom legacy requires depth. A kingdom legacy requires depth. It requires that we go deep. It requires that we dig deeper. Our roots must go deep because we are thinking about durability, we are thinking about stability, and we are thinking about the future. So our roots must go so deep. How many swimmers are here? You swim, not in a trough, in a swimming pool. How many swim? You are a good swimmer. You can do backstroke. Wow, lift your hand. Oh, no, 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 no. You people, these are life skills. What will happen to you if you accidentally fall into a river? You ain't Amanda. <laughs> now, when you go to a pool, there is a shallow end, and then there is a deep end. The shallow end is for those who cannot really swim. The deep end is for those who can really move in the water like, like a fish. Isn't it? When, when my kids were, were young, they used to love swimming a lot. 
My son loved swimming a lot. I mean, there's nothing else he thought about. It was just swimming, swimming. Let's go for swimming, swimming, swimming. And I used to see the way they were just moving in the water. It's like a fish. I'm telling you. For me, I learned swimming the hard way. Can I tell you how I learned how to swim? We were in Mombasa. And I told this guy, can you teach me how to swim? He said, good, I'll teach you how to swim. No problem. Took me to the pool. We stood at the edge of the pool. He told me, jump. I said, I'm not jumping. He said, no, jump. I said, I'm not jumping. He said, if you don't jump, I can't teach you how to swim. While I was there standing, he pushed me. Telling me. I went into that water and said, Lord, I'm going to do everything within my power to survive. I kicked. I threw my hands. I drank water. I thank God I got to the other end. Don't ask me how. <laughs> but when you want to survive, you really survive. Then he told me, okay, these are the mistakes you made. These are the mistakes you made. You need to correct this. I said, you almost killed me and you're telling me these are the mistakes I made. <laughs> That's how I learned how to swim. The hard way. Because I go somewhere and see the way people are being taught how to swim. I'm like, wow. This is amazing. Somebody is holding me. Okay. I'm like, wow. When will they know how to swim? My lesson lasted, I think, five minutes. So the deep end is for those who are mature. Look, when we talk about a kingdom legacy, it's not on the shallow end. So the deep end of things deep end of things. You have to go to the deep end. Your roots have to go deeper. You have to dig deep. Tell your neighbor, dig deep. Oh yes. You can't be on the shallow end. In fact, as a grown-up, if you go to the shallow end, you look very funny. Have you seen a grown-up on the shallow end? He's swimming and all the children are impressed. <laughs> on the shallow end and he's feeling like a champion. But he's on the wrong side of the pool. He needs to be on the deep end. A kingdom legacy requires depth. We have to go deep. This man dug deep. Go back to the first verse. The, the wise man. This is what the Bible says. The man. Where is that scripture? Go back. Go back. 48. He dug Deep. Look at that verse. He's like a man building a house who dug deep. He went deep. Touch your neighbor and tell them, let's go deeper. Look, this year, 2023, is not the year for shallow Christianity. We have to go deep. Hallelujah. That's why we are fasting for 21 days. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and celebrate. God, we are fasting for 21. We are going deep. Oh, yes. We have never done it before. We've just been doing five days. And the five days you meet people on Thursday. 
They are weak. Even the way they are walking. Friday, they are excited. Not because of the fasting, but because we are breaking. <laughs> but this year we are going deeper. Come on, I say this year we are going deeper. We will fast. We will wait upon God. We will stay for days without eating the things that we enjoy eating. Because we want the foundation to be solid, the house to be solid. We want the house to be solid so that when the storm comes, it will not shake our house. Can I hear an amen? amen. Tell your neighbor one more time, let's go deeper. Tell them again, let's go deeper. Can we go deep with this? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Give me the scriptures quickly. I need to finish. We have a graduation. The graduates are now not even listening to me. But as it is written, can we read together? But, it is, as, it is, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things. Somebody shout the things. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. Look at the neighbor and tell them, you haven't seen nothing yet. Oh my goodness, if you thought you saw the blessings of God upon my life, you haven't seen nothing yet. I'm still at the shallow end of things. Wait until I go to the deep end of things. And you will see the things that God has prepared for me. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. It has not even entered the heart of man. The things. Somebody shout the things. Shout again the things. But look at the next verse. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. So if we are going to experience the deep things of God, we must walk with the spirit. We can't be in the flesh. We can't eat from January to January and expect the spirit of God to reveal the deep things of God that belong to us. We must say no to food. We must say no to comfort. We must separate ourselves. We must dedicate ourselves to God. We must consecrate our lives to God. We must move from the shallow end of the pool to the deep end of the pool where we collide with the Spirit of God so that he can reveal the deep things that belong to us. Tell your neighbor, go deeper. Tell them one more time, go deeper. Shout it one more time. Go deeper. 2023. We are going deep. For the kingdom legacy to be seen, we have to go deep. 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 I say deep. Go deep. Hallelujah. Father, I pray nobody here will give up on this fasting. Nobody will move from the uh, from the deep end to the shallow end before we finish the 21 days. We'll stay and pray 
until the Spirit of God begins to reveal things to us. I pray that these 21 days, you'll have an encounter with God. Your children will have an encounter with God. Your house will have an encounter with God. The Spirit of God will reveal deep things because you'll prove to God that you love him. Number two, how did this guy build, the wise man? He laid the foundation on the rock. He laid his foundation on the rock. The other guy built on the earth. But this man dug deep until he got to the rock. And that is where he laid his foundation. The man who just built on sand, built on the earth, his, invest, his investment was wiped out by the storm. But this guy who is wise knew that this, there is a storm that is coming. He knew COVID-19 is coming. He knew recession is coming. He knew retrenchment is coming. He knew Azmio will not make it. He knew all these factors are coming. I'm preaching better than your responses. And that's why he went deep. And he decided, I will not put my trust in politics. I will not put my trust in bottom up or up bottom. I will not put my trust on people. I will put my trust on Jesus. Because Jesus is the rock. Oh, I wish I had a witness in this house. He went deep and he put his foundation on the rock. And who is the rock? The rock is Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to prophesy to you. If you are going to survive in the next one year, your foundation must be Jesus. Because we don't know what else is coming. Nobody told us COVID-19 is coming. It surprised us. In fact, we thought it was a joke. Because we saw people falling in another country that begins with a C. And we thought it was state managed. Before we knew it, it was here. Before we knew it, businesses shut down. Before we knew it, planes were not flying. We were on a lockdown. And let me tell you, we don't know what else can come. But only those who have their foundation on Jesus Christ will survive wherever the devil will throw at them. Am I preaching to survivors who will survive every storm that will come because they have built their faith on Jesus? Are you the one I'm preaching to in this house? So you have to be wise. You can't build your house, your life on, on, on these artificial things. You have to build it on the rock who is Jesus Christ. Look at Psalms. Hmm. 62. Verse 5 to 6. My hope is built on nothing else than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand on all again. Those who are not singing. The ones who went to funny schools. 
Psalm 62, verse 5. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Is your neighbor singing? On Christ the soul lives. All other ground is sinking. All other ground. Psalm 62, verse 5. Wow. You can tell how many people went to Sunday school. Psalms. 62, my soul, my soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Verse 6, read, let's read together verse 6. He only is my rock. Tell your neighbor, God is your rock. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. This year you shall not be moved. When you build your life on Christ, the solid rock, you will not be moved. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that there are many things that will come our way. Challenges will come our way. Trials will come our way. Temptations will come our way. People will lose jobs. People will lose monies. Some relationships will not work. I mean, you go through a tough time, but one thing will keep you sane is when you build your house on the rock. That's why the Bible says, you shall not be moved. Hallelujah. I prophesy 2023, as we build a kingdom legacy, we shall not be moved. No matter what comes our way, we shall not be moved. Your house will not be moved. Your children will not be moved. Your business will not be moved. Our church will not be moved because our foundation is Jesus Christ. Somebody give God a praise in this house. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The reason why people give up quickly is because they don't even have a foundation. They're like this fool. When they lose their job, they lose Jesus. When they lose their money, they lose their salvation. When a relationship does not work, they stop coming to church. What, what kind of stupidity is this that I see in the church today? That when your relationship does not work, it is time to change churches. You came here for a man. You came here for a woman. If one rejects you, there are so many others. Ask your neighbor, what is wrong with you? Where is your foundation? You lose your job. Now God does not exist. Oh, if God was there, I could not have lost my job. This God, this God, this God. I have worshipped him. I have served him. The Bible says God is my rock. Do you know what a rock is for? Because God knows if you make him your rock, when the rain descends, you will stand. When the winds blow, you will stand. When the storm comes, you will stand. It doesn't matter what is ahead of us. 
We are putting our foundation on Jesus Christ. And regardless of what comes, we shall stand. I see you standing. In February, I see you standing. In March, I see you standing. In April, in May, in June, in July, in August, in September, in October, in November, in December, you shall stand. You shall stand. You shall stand. Shout yeah. Nothing will move you. Nothing will shake you. Nothing will put you down. Hallelujah. I feel a radical spirit stirring me up this morning. Nothing will move you. Hallelujah. Paul says nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Is not death, nakedness, hunger, betrayal, whatever it is. He says, nothing will separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. Because his foundation was on Jesus. We shall not be moved. I say we shall not be moved. Look at Romans chapter 8. 36. Let's read together. It's a powerful scripture. As we are getting the scripture, turn to your neighbor and tell them, we shall not be moved. We shall not be moved. For your sake, we are killed all day long. It's not easy. There are challenges. Get out of this part called Christianity. Challenges are there. And Christians are not exempted from challenges. The rain will come. The wind will blow. The storm will come. We don't have another planet. We are living in the same planet that other people are living in. We are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Move quickly. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38. I love this. For I am persuaded. I am convinced. Because my life is built on the rock. On Christ. A solid rock. All other ground. All other. Peace. I am persuaded. I am convinced. Beyond a shadow of doubt that neither death, death, death should not shake you when your house is on the rock. Oh, yes. I say yes. No matter who dies and leaves you, if your house is on the rock, it should not shake you. You can't clap, but he's here. Give me the scripture. Give me the scripture. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present. You're not reading with me. Nor things to come. Verse 39. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing. No matter what hits your, your life, no matter what hits your house, because the foundation is strong and is on Jesus, you will not be shaken. Because you know, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for the next generation. If you give up, what will you tell your children? Huh? If you give up, what will you tell your children? If you backslide, what will you tell your children? What are you teaching them? What are you teaching the next generation? If your life was to be written, put in a book, what do you want the next generation to say about your faith when you faced death, when you faced hunger, when you faced challenges, when the rain came, when the storm came? What do you want them to read about you? When your heart was broken by that person who promised to love you and to marry you, then he dumped you. What do they want? What do you want the next generation to say or to read about you? Do you want them to say, oh, he used to serve, he stopped serving. He was singing. And then the heart was broken. When the heart was broken, she 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 stopped singing. He is not zungulukaring anymore. He is not. What do you want them to read about you? What do you want to be remembered for when the rain came, when the wind blew, when the storm raged in your life? What do you want them to remember you for? I pray they will say, the rain came, the storm came, but the sister was still there. It is raining. It is raining. The storm is raging. Things are tough. But she was not shaken. Lost the job, but not shaken. Dumped, not shaken. Lost some monies, not shaken. The relationship did not work, not shaken. Was not married, not shaken. Never owned a car, but not shaken. Never was promoted, not shaken. I pray that you not be shaken. Jesus will be your rock. I say Jesus will be your rock. You will not be moved in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Lift up your hands.
and talk to God for a minute. You will not be shaken. You will not be shaken. Your house will not be shaken. Your home will not be shaken. Your faith will not be shaken. Oh, yes, Lord. Mm. Lord, we put our faith in you. We put our faith in you, Lord. We put our faith in you, Jesus. I need to pray with someone here. I hear the word foundations, foundations, foundations. 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 Is there a wrong foundation in your life? Is there a wrong foundation in your family? Is there a wrong foundation? I hear the word foundation. Foundation. When you look at some families, the whole family has collapsed. Foundation is not there. Family was built on sand. Sand. Everybody is trying to hold on to the last straws to survive. Everybody is just going down. clutching to straws, but you're just sliding down. Everything you're trying to hold on, you're going with it down because the foundation is not there. I hear the word foundation. Foundation. If you're here and you come from a very wrong foundation, it's time to build a new one. It's, one to, it's time to build one on the rock. 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 And the rock is Jesus. If you're there, please make your way and come to this altar. I hear the word foundations. I'm going to pray for you right now. Quickly. Foundations. I hear the word foundations. I'm going to pray for you. Foundations. 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 Wrong foundations. Shaky foundations. Diabolic foundations. You thought when you get a new job, things will be better. 
It's not working. You thought if you marry, things will be better? It's not working. You thought if you relocate, things will be better? It's foundation. Foundation. I hear the word foundation. Foundation is wrong. No matter how beautiful the building is, if the foundation is not right, it's a matter of time. It will come down. That's why buildings are collapsing in this country. It's the foundation that is wrong. Foundation. I hear the word foundation. Foundation. And the foundation is wrong. No matter what you build, if the foundation for the marriage is wrong, no matter how you try to camouflage the relationship, it will collapse. It's the foundation. Foundation. Come and save your building. Come and save your house. Come and save your destiny. Because the storm is coming. And the wind is coming. The rain will descend. Only those who have solid foundations will survive. Foundations. Foundations. The Bible says if, a, if the foundations of the righteous are destroyed, what will the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous? What will the righteous do? Foundations. Thank you, Lord. Not by power, not by might, not by power, by the Spirit, Lord, in your Spirit, not by might, not by power, by the Spirit, Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.